Well, welcome back to the Drylander Podcast. It's been a month. I apologize. I did not get any episodes recorded. And it just hit me all of a sudden that I hadn't done that. So I thought I'd do a quick little episode here to clue you guys in on a nice little farm update. Things that are floating around in the background. I mean, not literally. I got the world's best tillage tool. The Quinstar Fallow Master on the, behind the sweep, the tractor. For those of you that have ran a Quinstar Fallow Master, you know that's an utter lie. But, you know, when you're way behind, you gotta pull stuff out of the weed row just so you can kinda get back, you know, caught up. So weed harvest is not over. Let's just get that out, out in the open. We've got close to 100 acres left. You're probably like, you've had a month, dude. What's going on? Well, let me tell you what's going on. We got off to a rocky start. Okay, the first field we cut is pretty decent wheat. It's like 35, 40 bushel wheat. We knew weather was coming. So we went down the road and we cut another field that was pretty good, about the same. Well, humidity just got super high. Like, it was like 88% that night, something like that. Crazy. Couldn't finish that field before rain did show up. So then after the rain, we started jumping around, you know, basically wherever was dry. We had some great wheat, some really crappy wheat. We had to cut a little bit of the hailed stuff. It rained a few more times. Weeds got out of control. We hired a custom cutter to come in and help us to cut the last field because Dad had a vacation booked that he couldn't get out of and it had rained so there was no point in us sitting around for a couple days not being able to do anything so dad hired a cutter and the guy's like yeah no problem i'll get it don't worry well that turned out to be a lie he uh did not get it in fact it got very little bit of it i mean what he got you know we're thankful for don't get me wrong but I think he was a little overconfident on what the situation would be, and then he gets there and he's probably like, oh crap. Well, I said I'd do it, and I already moved two combines over here, so I might as well spend however long he spent poking around on the weedy field trying to get as much weed as possible. The other stuff that we will still have to cut is way over west, and it was standing water when we left. It was standing water when we got back. It's not in standing water currently, but the ground is black enough to be ink. So maybe Monday, if it doesn't rain tomorrow night. Which there's good chances for. Whatever. I'm all for the rain. Anyway, you know, we went on vacation because, you know, like I said, there's nothing we could do. Couldn't spray, couldn't plow, couldn't harvest. So I figured might as well go take a couple days off in the mountains, come back, and hit the ground running. Well, apparently things went from too wet to too dry. Not too dry completely, but dry. Pretty quickly while we were gone, because I get a phone call from the in-laws, and they're like, Hey, you uh, you got some pretty nasty summer fallow. I'm like, no, it can't be that bad. It wasn't that bad when we left. They're like, oh, it exploded while you were gone. Crap. And they're like, you know, instead of us cutting you a check for swath or rent, how about we just, you know, start working some of your summer fallow? 
I said, you know, that sounds like an excellent idea. So they started chipping away, and then it rained. Can't make this up. Really, you can't. Dried out enough <clears throat> that they went and worked another field. We started working summer fallow, and it rained. Again, cannot make this up. Things have dried out. They're back to running one more field for us. Dad's been running the tractor solid now for about three days. Broke out the fallow master to go try to get some of the farther away stuff done. And all this stuff we're doing, we're going to have to come back like in a week or 10 days and sweep it again. Just because some of the stuff's just so big, it's not going to die. Um, you know, we got about four weeks or so before we're going to start planting wheat. So we got time to get it in shape. Unless it keeps raining. But hey, if it does keep raining, Paraquat's your friend, right? We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. But anyway, so that's that's kind of the... Oh, and you know, sprayers having issues. I've got shorted, a short to the ground somewhere and it's driving me bonkers. And haven't had any luck in isolating it yet. John Deere assures me if I just keep following the diagram, eventually I will find it. In the meantime, I have a workaround. So the sprayer keeps spread. Oh, excuse me. What I need to spread. Which we're coming up on the end of that, honestly. I thought I had gotten to most of the wheat stubble in time to stop the sandburst. The sandburst just laughed, flipped me both middle fingers, and kept on growing. So some fields I'm going to have a huge sandburst issue next year. So looking forward to that. That makes me mad. Anyway. Um, so we're pretty caught up there. I mean, we got a little bit more stubble to spray. Once we get all the summer fallow worked again, this is what I'm debating. I'm debating whether to spray the ally down ahead of the air seeder, like we've done some years, or if we can keep it fairly clean up to planting, go ahead and plant and then run the, the ally. That's what we did last year, and it worked for a while. It wasn't, obviously it didn't hold long term. Excuse me. Because of all the weedy wheat we had. But, you know, when you get that much rain, it just kind of obliterates everything. Did catch a little bit of hail the other day. So we're just, yeah, everything's awesome. Everything is awesome. No, I'm not going to sing that song. <clears throat> anyway. Well, we got a whole bunch of changes, like I told you guys before, coming probably over the next 20 months. Some of them, we truly do not have a timeline. We've just been clued in to, hey, this is going to happen. We just don't know when. Well, thanks, guys. That's, that's real informative. But, you know, at least we have somewhat of a heads up. So we're trying to make plans around that. We got Dad retiring, basically. Oh, good. Oh, excuse me. We got dad retiring basically at the end of this year. He's told me don't count him at all next year. 
He might come back to help with Harvest, but as far as everything else goes, he said don't count on him. But there's all of Dad's equipment, and we've talked about this before. We have. You know, what What should we do going forward? Obviously, there's no need to panic right away. Okay, that's, that's the one thing we do know without a shadow of a doubt. There is no reason to panic and to start making, you know, decisions about that like yesterday. Because one, Dad has to see how it's going to impact him tax-wise to sell all of his equipment. Whether he should sell it over a few years or just sell it all at once. Whether he and I, you know, work out an in-house loan. Whether I have Dad go ahead and put to use his, you know, taxes and make some trades, let him depreciate it. And then after a year goes by, we do an in-house loan. There's probably really no wrong answer or right answer. It's going to end up being what's the answer that actually fits the situation the best. So right now, that's one of the things I'm trying to work through is, okay, what equipment are we keeping? My goodness. I apologize for all the yawns. But, so I got to make a list of all the equipment, his and mine, that we're keeping, that needs to leave, and then I don't know what we're doing with yet. And the I don't know what we're doing with yet is more of a, should we trade it? Should we keep it? Should we run it? I truly don't know. So you got to work through all that. But while doing this and knowing the opportunities that are possibly coming down the road for some farmland ownership, as much as I like our current setup, it truly makes me wonder if we shouldn't sell everything and retool. And that sounds easy, but we all know how hard it is to find equipment these days that's affordable and reliable. Okay, like I like our two tractors we got now. I do. They're stellar tractors. I think both of them have a good long life left ahead of them. But they've got some equity in, well, dad's got some equity in his. I don't have much in mine yet because mine's on a lease. So I'm probably stuck with mine for another two years, which is fine. It's fine. I don't know, you know? I'm really thinking about dumping the corn. So that was that would mean get rid of the corn planter. So that's all we use the planter for is corn. Get rid of the corn head. Holy crap. I go through a patch of sandburrs with this fallow master, and it's just like, whoa. And then it speeds right back up. Oh, weird. Anyway, uh, what was I talking about? Oh, so I'm really thinking about this. Getting rid of the single-use item equipment, you know, equipment items. Which isn't really accurate because, like, we got the swather and the pickup head. Okay? Technically, those are single-use items for just millet. But should the circumstance arise, like it did this year, we swath some wheat. Or if we know we got a snowstorm or something coming, you know, we can hire someone to run that swather and just have them start swathing all, you know, as much Milo down as they can before the snow rolls in. So I don't really see those two as single use equipment. 
Um, I mean, you know, it's kind of a fine line. But truly, the corn head and the planter, they're single use for corn. We don't plant Milo 30 inches anymore. I mean, certainly I could. Oh, my goodness. Um, I just, I don't know. We, we have pretty decent luck, like I told you before, drilling it. So I don't know. There's, there's just a lot of things there to, to unpack. And I think what I'm going to do is when I get these lists figured out and some scenarios figured out, you know, I'll just present them to you guys in a podcast. You know, it might be one long one or it might break out into two or three. I don't know. But I want everything for once written down on paper or in front of a computer screen or whatever. So I'm able to actually go through it, keep my figure straight, you know, as I'm laying it out there for you. And I don't know. It could be a bad idea. Maybe it's not. I don't know. We'll find out. We'll find out. But fall crops, those that are still standing, we took a hit on some Milo, some hail the other day. I don't know. Now that it's headed out, it might not bounce back. It might, but it might not. We'll, we'll know in about two weeks. But most of the Milo is looking pretty good. Most of the millet is looking pretty good. Most of the corn is looking pretty good. Our concern with the corn is, you know, it pollinated just fine. It did take a little bit of damage with that hot week during pollination. But our concern is we had a windstorm come through and kind of shred some leaves from like the ear leaf up, how well it's actually going to fill those kernels. I mean, they're they're pollinated and they're filling, but are we going to be left with stunted kernels, basically, or are they going to go ahead and fill to their potential? Because as you guys know, that makes a huge swing on your yield. You know, 16 by 36 with big kernels, you know, on a 13,000 stand, that's like 75, 85 bushel corn. A 16 by 36 that stalls out and the kernels are about a third of the size, that's like 45, 50 bushel corn. Big difference. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, that, that's kind of the slate of things. Not real informative. I know. But again, I hope, I hope to get those plans kind of knocked out on paper or like I said on the computer and then, uh, Run them by you guys and the thought processes I have behind them. So, not a long episode. Just, you know, again, short, quick little update. Don't mean to give, didn't mean to leave you guys hanging for a month, but, you know, life kind of got in the way and away we went. So, thanks for listening. I'll catch you guys later.